The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. Every Sunday we discuss topics so hot you need a drink with ice in it. There you go. And today I'm so excited, Todd, because we have Bob Brander with Home Checkups, which is a uh, home inspection company. That's right. And we know that buyers and sellers should seriously contemplate guys like Bob when they're buying or selling a house, right? (laughs) They'd be best off if they did. Yes, excellent. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, why buyers and sellers should be calling guys like Bob with home checkups. From personal experience, it is well worth the cost. Right, because you have your own story you're going to share, right? Many, and it's, you know, we're taping this pretty close to Halloween, so... It makes sense that we have some horror stories. That's right, because you don't want your own scary home story. Insert scary music here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, grab yourself something cold or hot, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Yes, and you know that number. It's drilled into your head to give Aura and her team a call. Absolutely. And when you want to find people like Bob from Home Checkups, you call 647-233-9647. But before we go there, um, Bob, I want to ask you, because everybody hears about home inspections and buying a home and having an inspection done. What? How does somebody become a home inspector? Can anyone be a home inspector? Is this a licensed this uh, title? Well, we'll answer the last one with the uh, answer of we're hoping that home inspection industry will be licensed in Ontario sometime in the next 12 to 18 months. Excellent. Uh, We were at the cusp of getting uh, licensing processes installed this past spring, but an election got in the way and everything (laughs) got shelved. Oh, no. So right now we're at a point of um, sitting back, waiting for uh, the minister to take it on and bring it forward. 
the province of Ontario has made it one of their um, necessary things they would like to get accomplished in this four-year term. So what you're saying is right now, if I wanted to become a home inspector, I can have business cards made up and go out there and be a home inspector. You don't even need a business card. Wow. You can literally just say, I'm a home inspector. And knock on doors and get business. What about the liability? They don't care. Wow. So basically... Oh, because they have the big disclaimer that they get everyone to sign off on. Oh. Most of the ones, we call them the $2 specials. Okay. Uh, They basically say, I'll do your home inspection. They walk through their the appropriate property. Mm-hmm. They make some interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end of it, they say, thank you for paying the bill. And they're gone. Wow. There's uh, no documentation. You, you get no written report. Nothing. Nada. Now, wow. we see a lot of inspectors come through giving the little binder, you know, all those little check mm-hmm. marks and so on. Do you need to be licensed to have the little binder? No. You can have have a little binder. (laughs) You can have a little computer program running. Buyers and and sellers are very impressed with the binder, I must say. It's like doctors. If a doctor doesn't have a clipboard, I'm a little worried. Right. You know, but when a home inspector, if they're just walking around and making conversation and eating my cookies, um, but they don't have anything. Well, again, this is really no no marker of what makes a good mm -hmm. home inspector. But generally, you want them to be taking notes and... Well, from personal experience, I can answer it with most people that I walk through in a house, whether it's... A new home or a retail uh, relisting, they're always taking notes. Sure. In fact, one of the mandatory things I ask all my home buyers and home sellers on, the, mm-hmm. on occasion is to be present during the entire inspection. Thank you. That was actually going to be my next question is, do you like the client actually following you around? My personal choice is I would prefer that they be present and following with me. And quite often, I also encourage the realtor who's uh, representing them to be present and also listening to everything. Okay, I'm going to just interject there for a minute. Thank you, Bob, for saying that, because as a realtor, a lot of times when we're at the inspections, I do like to give my buyer the space because they've hired the inspector. But I love following the inspector because as a realtor, I learn so much. I have actually had most home inspectors, many be very upset if I'm following them around because they feel it's not my job and I'm not the client. And so they actually asked me to kind of stay away. And when at the end of the inspection, when when the inspector and the buyer are sitting down at the coffee table to sort of review everything, um, I'm kind of asked to not be present. Really? That's so bizarre. I, I try to stay in earshot, but again, give everybody their space because so I love that you're saying, no, all parties involved, mm-hmm. let's Let's all hear it together. Yeah, but it's the only way to make it, uh, information consistent to everybody. So they all have the same information. And if they sit down and they have a conversation about what did you see and what did you hear, then they all deal with the same data. And, and as an agent, I'm representing the buyer. They're my client. I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you say because well, I'm still on the job for as them. As the client, I view you as part of my team. Exactly. And, and I don't really want you working at cross purposes or... You know, you tell me something, I have to tell her something, and I didn't tell it in the same language. Yeah. And yeah. then there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're playing cross telephone lines. Excellent. So I would say, number one, if you are, you know, working with a home inspector and an agent as a client out there, consider everybody on your team. That's yep. correct. That's great. That's great. Okay. So. Um, Can I ask one question before we move on? Um, what Are there any skills that you would say that would really make a good home inspector? I mean, do you have to have an eye for detail? Obviously, uh, being able to use a pen and pencil and make notes. But, I mean, are there skills that you think would would well, differentiate different inspectors? 
Probably the uh, most common thing that inspector, a good inspector today will do is have a camera, and that's all they'll have. Wow. And if they're really on top of it, they're photographing absolutely everything. As they go through a room, top to bottom, every little thing which possibly is a mystery or not. And it's not because they want to photograph the house. It's because they don't have good memories. So they want to be able to look back and say, was there something there that bothered me and have the ability to go back? But that's okay. That's okay. Yes. The second reason, um, or a second good purpose for an inspector not to have much in their hand, is because they're using their senses. And they're using a few tools. The most important tool, obviously, is going to be a moisture meter. Okay. The next most important tool is a flashlight. (laughs) The way you use a flashlight (laughs) can tell you if a wall's straight. If it's been patched up, even if it's been repainted. You see shadows and things like that. You see cross shadows, you see uh, divots, you see uh, paintbrush strokes, etc. And ironically, you'll even see silly things like uh, moisture buildup. Right. Because it deflects the the, uh, material. Wow. And then on top of all that. (laughs) We're learning so much today. Thank you. On top of all that, you're going to be uh, spending a lot of your time smelling the air. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously... If there's perfumes or scent bombs in the house, it makes it a bit of a problem. Uh-huh. Uh, I know a few inspectors myself who uh, actually insist that any home they go into must be uh, aired out at least 48 hours prior to them coming in because of the influence well, those bombs make. The candles make. and things like that. They mass a lot. Oh, wow. Good, good. That's actually, you know, coming from a buyer's perspective, if you're walking into homes that are heavily scented, you, you wanna you wanna just double check. Is that yeah. just the owner's preference, or are they actually masking something? Well, mm-hmm. there's also a little something else. A lot of us have uh, become a little bit susceptible to. Um, myself, I am sensitive to scents, mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time, it also makes me sensitive to various molds. Mm-hmm. If I walk into some houses and they've got these gorgeous uh, floral p- uh, patterns emanating all through the house, it just makes me sick. Right. And it masks everything. Wow. And then you can't tell, is it mold? Is it the flowers? Is it... Well, I have to, I have to stop using my nose. Right. And now you're <laughs> relying strictly on your tools. That's, a, that's yeah. an option for you to stop using your nose. I wish I could do that sometimes before <laughs> my ears turn those off. Yeah. <laughs> so are there... I, you know, I see things from a, a, a realtor's perspective. I'm curious, from your perspective as a home inspector, what are some of the things that you find that are freaking the buyers out the most. I mean, you've got someone who's so excited about buying a home. They've bought it, usually conditionally. You're meeting them. They're nervous. They're excited. What is causing them to drop their jaw halfway through that inspection? From experience, nine times out of ten, it's when they have to start maintaining the house. So the first thing you end up doing, or at least in my uh, experience, uh, yes, you walk into a house and you define its age and you start saying, Okay, a house that was built in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, you're going to be looking at things that, where the walls aren't straight anymore. It's not a problem in most cases, but a lot of people will turn around and say, well, can't repair that kind of wall. You'll have to drywall it. And they say, drywall it? Oh, dear. Or yeah. a furnace, something very simple everybody has to look after. You have to change the filter. Right. Not only the hair filter, if it's a one-inch filter, it's every four to six weeks. Or the simple test, take a brand new one, hold it up to a light. It should be white. You'll get the one that was in your furnace, you hold it up to a light. If it's a gray-brown, mm, time to replace it. Mm. Um, box filters. Depending right. on the type, 
every six to six months to a year. Then there's the humidifier pad. If there's a humidifier, that has to be changed every year. Then you should have your furnace checked by an HVAC uh, contractor at least every other year for things for like carbon monoxide. Sure, leaks and stuff. Just in, incomplete combustion. Yeah. Those uh, furnaces don't always leak, but the furnace jets do pick up carbon, and that will change the pattern of how they burn. Mm. So it will start generating uh, incomplete combustion byproducts, and all it needs is a little cleaning. Right. So I find I find um, buyers always freak out when they find out they have to keep leaves out of their eaves trough. Oh, I love seeing those trees. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I actually get the buyers coming back after the inspection. So prior to completion, we want the seller cleaning all the eaves off the eaves trough. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll do it this time. But just know that in two weeks, after you've closed, you have to do it again. Like this is a maintenance yes. thing. It is a maintenance thing. I still don't understand this because there are people that buy vehicles and they don't understand that they need to change the oil and the oil filter and the put what? gas in it. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but it's just like there's regular routine maintenance in your house, your car. It needs to be done. I mean, yes. she has somebody that does it, right? Uh, no, we're not going there. <laughs> I do, but you're right. And and um, it's like taking out the garbage. You need someone in your life mm. who's going to do that. Change your furnace filters. Yeah. Put it in your. And change your oil and your car. But that, oh, That's that good. is a great idea. Yeah. That is a great idea. But it's, I, you know, the big one we hear, and you probably see it as well in North York, is regrading around the house. Watch the grading. Oh, now, no. would you consider that a maintenance thing? I mean, it's something that maybe you don't do every year, but. It is maintenance because everybody will backfill a garden. Right. They will raise a garden. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not flat, they will fill up. And there are a lot of grades that have built-in drainage planes. They're called swales. Mm -hmm. They have to be there so that all the water from all your neighbors mm -hmm. doesn't collect at your back deck. Right, we've talked about that. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to have that water coming in. And gardens, great idea. Always, everybody wants to have a garden, but most people build them too high. Right. So if you have a brick house, you don't want to have your soil over the last row of bricks, especially modern houses. Anything that's been built since uh, the 60s will have gapping in the bottom row of bricks. Right. And if you start filling that up or covering it up with soil, you've now just created a perfect path for all your local insects to cut, get into your house. Wow. Wow. Hold this that is, thought. We yep. have to take a break and, and review our notes. This is incredible. You're uh, listening to realestatefront.com and hopefully you're writing this down. And if you're not, it's a good thing because we have it on demand. So you can listen to it as many times as you want. But it's Sunday right now, and uh, hope you're having a great one listening to our chat. Staying warm. And staying warm. We'll be right back. Annoying. Frustrating. Of course you're referring to me. Some days. Enlightening. Engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. Yes. Just a few of the words employed to describe our show. The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment 
development property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. So my son came up to me uh, last night and said he wanted to be a home inspector. And I said, no, you don't have the clipboard, sorry. But uh, yeah. so we're having a, a really good chat about, I mean, we're learning a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, I've used home inspectors before and they're worth their weight in gold. But yes. this is a kind of, we're, we're pulling the curtain back and looking behind the scenes, which is very cool. Yeah. Now, you know, I've had um, a few situations recently where uh, in representing the seller, things have been discovered at the home inspection time, um, issues with the house. And... And I guess what I've found in those moments is um, time becomes of the essence because that condition, the buyer bought the house conditional for, let's say, five days. They're going to do their home inspection. On day four, you're getting a call from the buyer's agent saying, hey, we found this and this in the inspection report, and now we have to work through it. Now, it's not so much that we only have one day to work through it because that we can deal with. It's more about you've got a, bu- a buyer who's now very nervous They're excited, but now they've got nervous stuff going on. And we have a seller who feels that they've already sold their home in good faith and doesn't want to renegotiate or also gets very nervous about the findings as well. And um, I think just, you know, we've done pre-listing home inspections in the past, but I think more than ever, they, they are critical. And are you finding yourself doing more of them? Myself, I'm finding a a growing, um, requirement for doing pre-listing inspections. Most people are using them to help them understand if their house truly is current. Now, all homeowners are going to say right out of the gate, myself included, our home is perfect. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with There's nothing wrong with my house. I've been there for 40 years. It's been great. Still there. There's always something. Yes. So one of the simplest things to do is to take advantage of a pre-listing inspection for the benefit of understanding, is your house truly ready? Is it up to date? Is something catastrophic hidden that you could take care of? It's also a great indicator for potential buyers to use as as a method of evaluating your home. Is it something that they want to buy? And they see this report and they say, oh, they've been looking after some things and obviously there were some issues that had to be attended to and they're attended to. Mm-hmm. Now, that means the house is that much closer. That's From true. my own experience, recently just bought a house. An inspector went through this house, and uh, there was a lot of issues that were concerned from electrical, chimneys, uh, brickwork, uh, expired uh, furnace and air conditioners, mm-hmm. etc. the more common things. And the vendor, in this instance, used that report to uh, move ahead and change out and correct and re- make those repairs. Yeah. So in this instance, the house has for lack of a better phrase, everything done. Now, the other option is the seller says, I'm not doing it, but I'm selling full disclosure. 
And now the buyer can negotiate based on the fact, knowing that, look, at the roof needs doing next year, mm-hmm. and this furnace, it, it could last another five, it could go tomorrow. And you, and you walk in as the buyer aware of yes. that. Yes, it yeah. is a great method for disclosure. It gives the buyer the other side of the coin saying, okay, this is what was found. They can see it for themselves. Yep. And as long as it's not more than 30 days of age in, uh, from being produced. The report. The report mean? being produced. Okay. Um, then I would go and say it's a good indicator of what condition that house is in at this time. So me being a cheap buyer, <laughs> I, I see that there's been a recent home inspection. Uh, I'm going to throw caution to the wind and say, ah, I don't need another one. Good advice? For some people, it is good advice. For others, I wouldn't do it. Well, can I can I interject there? I think most home inspectors um, will agree to come back with that potential buyer yes. to point out any any oh. pieces, like one or two points that they feel might be a concern for the buyer. A lot of inspectors today will come back and walk the house with a new buyer uh, and just tell them, this is what the report showed you. This is where, what it is okay. actually. So that's great. Now, again, this is for those who have the ethics mm-hmm. to come back and honestly do that. Now, that... Not everyone does it. Not everybody will. Okay. Yep. Not everybody is going to take the care. Yep. And I think it's really important, you know, going back to our very first conversation today is if you are a buyer walking into that home and there's an inspection report sitting at the table, you might want to do some research as to who did the report. And you said Would that be fair? That is always fair. And yeah. you said something interesting as well. You just bought a house and you used another inspector. You didn't do your own. I used that inspection report as an indicator of what could be uh, out of spec. Okay. Okay. It actually so, saved me some time. So that seller did their pre-inspection and they, you got to review that report. And I got to review it. Mm-hmm. And okay. Unfortunately, it was a very difficult report to read because it was a style which is frowned upon. Check marks. Check marks. Versus... Um, most current generation home inspectors are using um, packages which are written on a uh, tablet, mm-hmm. electronic, yep. and it's formatted with pictures of the problems. And, and sentences. And in full sentences. Oh, there you go. And not only is it full sentences, it's what are you looking at, what is the issue, what is the ramification, and what should you do about it. Nice. And when. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. That is the preferred it methodology. Is, I can tell you as a realtor who sometimes gets these reports sent to us when there's a problem, check marks. <laughs> and if you don't give me the little legend page, I'm lost. I need the legend page to read. So you get a check mark for something that passed the inspection, whatever that criteria may be. No, it's a mm. series of um, does it need to be looked at now? Can it be looked at later? Is it okay? Is it mediocre? Is it okay? It's, it's Pretty, it's hard to read. Yeah, it's difficult to read, and sometimes it's a case of you have to turn the page two different ways in order to read it. But it's all subjective. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, is this moderate to me or is this severe? I mean, whatever those gradings are for the check marks, it's really subjective. It's not. Yeah, I'd rather have someone say, you know, there's a crack here. Be careful with this. Could cause leaking. You know, give it me the be. sentence. Yeah, yeah, I like it. You know, one of the conversations I have with buyers uh, when we represent on the buyer side and and as a selling agent, this is the conversation I have with the buyer's agent, and that is um, be prepared for about 1% of the value of the home to come up as things that need your attention over the course of the next little bit. 
Uh, that's really how ambiguous we leave it. But we use this 1% marker so that if you're buying a $500,000 home, chances are $5,000 of things are going to show up in that inspection report today. And I've found that in a home that's in good condition, that rule applies. Yes. That's a good condition so house. So people have been taking regular care of their house maintenance, mm-hmm. but there's still things that need attention, some TLC. Have you ever done an inspection that you could actually say, you know what, bring your toothbrush, you're good to go, you don't need to do never. anything forever? Absolutely never. Not yeah. even a, in a brand new building. Right. I, I cannot in good conscience honestly sit here and say, it's good to go. And mm. And even if you had that home that was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't need caulking, it doesn't need anything that would only stand for today that's right so and one year from now it could be a totally different kettle of fish yeah um a house that is you know i will just say it's a midlife roof not five years old or ten years old because roofs age based on what's their exposure how much right. sunshine tree abrasion etc so uh things which are good today you have one bad storm now you need a new roof Outside exterior uh, painting has to be all redone because if you had stucco finish or an ephus finish, it's all Might damaged. Be wrecked. Yeah. Uh, you've had water leakage uh, come in because it's a one-time storm and it never had leaked before. Yeah. And it may never leak again for another 25 years. Mm-hmm. But you have those things. Homeownership, laughingly, it's like going back to school and it's course 101. You have to start at the simplest point and it's always a walk of learning. I, I love it when I get the buyers that say, or a find me a renovated home that doesn't need anything. We just want something that we don't have to do anything to. I can always tell you when we find those homes for those people, when we go back 10 years later, it's mm. sad. Because they literally moved in yep. and did nothing. For 10 years. For 10 yep. years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, anything else you can, any, any advice, Bob, that you from home checkups could give our buyers or sellers? Um when planning, when well, I guess more sellers, I'm going to ask you. When planning to list that house, aside from doing that inspection report, is there anything else, any other advice you would give a seller? I'd honestly tell them, be prepared to sit down and be surprised. Because okay. you're going to be surprised. At, the, at, at some of the things that yes. are going to show up in that report on your very own home that you've lived in and have yep. had no problems with. Again, we get we get connected to our houses and we, we put on the rose-tinted glasses yeah. and we see that wall that's got a cute little curve in it or, you know, or the but baseboards that are... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's loved. It's been loved by our family. It's like I always say, we're okay with our own dust bunnies, but we don't like anyone else's. Before we go to break, <laughs> when, before I moved to this house, I lived in my parents' home and it was 60 years old and it had sloping floors. I got used to it. Yeah. But when my wife and I moved in, only she says these floors are really slopey. Everything slopes towards the beam. And then there's this huge hump where the beam is. And, you know, again, you just get used to those quirks. That's right. They're lived in. And on a 60-year-old home, you figure it's not going anywhere. Yes, you know, exactly. Floors have been like this as long as I remember it. It's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a short break. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Uh, the uh, the immortal words. It's been a long week today. It's hasn't been a it? long week. So today. yeah, today. Um, 
so Bob, I, I see you guys walking in with all your fancy tools and cameras and stuff now, and I think I made a big error last week on our show when I when I used the term geothermal cameras, and it's it's come to me from the inspectors that are, some of our buyers are using. Oh, we're bringing our geothermal cameras. Clarify that for me. I think it's an infrared. It's an infrared camera, and it's generally referred to as infrared thermography. Okay. It is for those who went to school to discover how to use it. Okay. Effectively, you're looking uh, at the infrared bandwidth. It's very narrowly defined. It only can see the thickness of paper ah. in depth. Okay. Anything more than that, and it can't see it. It's not x-rays as in, you know, Superman and his x-ray vision. It doesn't right. happen that way. So infrared thermography is, in its simplest form, is looking for the differences in uh, material heat emission. Okay which is what infrared is. It's a form of heat. So if moisture was in a wall, the moisture will be, unless it's been heated up, it's going to have a different heat Temperature. value yeah. than the surrounding material. Okay. So when you see uh, water, whether it's active or it's crystalline haze, mm -hmm. you will see a heat difference. It's not a guarantee there's water. The only way you can guarantee there's water, even with a, a thermography camera, is you use a moisture meter. Okay, so when that home inspector shows me pictures of things with a red line. That could be a crack, that could be a gapping in these, uh, the insulation, it could be a heat bridge, it could be um, a type of uh, insulation which uh, we call it gatoring, it's uh, the foam type. Given enough time, it'll gator and it'll have all kinds of cracks. Right. So it may not be specifically, you have a crack in your foundation that's causing water in the basement. If you have a crack in the foundation and water is currently coming through or has come through in a previous period of time, we'll see not more than three or four days, then there's a real probability you'll see something. Right. You'll see a, 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 a fresh plume and it'll always go from the source down. Remember, okay. gravity has one impact. Right. But if it's actually against something like drywall, it will actually go up. Wow. Because drywall sucks water up. So if it's leaking at the base of the it floor, it could be up. showing up. Hmm. So really, and, and what I'm getting really from this is you need someone who knows what they're doing when they're using the camera and when they're deciphering what they're seeing. It's an art as well as a science. Okay. Um, I'm just... Now, I'll say that uh, the instructor I had when we were going through all the difference materials and what we were looking for, he's been doing this for almost 40 years. He was uh, part of uh, uh, the government federal level deciphering what is the standard, and okay. he's still part of the standards program. And we constantly go back to him and say, hey, what the heck are we seeing here? Because wow. there's something else there. It is an art form. Because you're not allowed to open a wall up no. and take a look. You have to figure this all out from the tools you're using. With the tools we have, and again, an infrared camera will tell us if there might be active water there. The only way we can assure there's active water is we use a, a radiometric uh, moisture meter, which will go three quarters of an inch into the wall. And if there's moisture there, we'll get the reflection back saying there's water. Wow. Would you come back? Because obviously we've got... We've got so many more for, questions for Bob. Yeah. So if you've got questions for Bob, you can reach out to him at homecheckups.ca. 
If you'd like to hear him talk about it next week, you can also uh, connect with us on Twitter or Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have questions for Bob, you can send me a note at or at realestatetoronto.com or find us on facebook.com slash Mahal and Ross team. Like we've got so many places to find us. You put us in Google, you'll find us, ask us a question because we want to make sure when we, when you come back, Bob, we are, we're quizzing you hard. Excellent. Well, I had a good inspector. I didn't have Bob. I wish I'd used Bob, but I used somebody else, and thankfully my experience was good. Was good. Yeah. All right. Catch us right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com or call the team at 416-230-5900. 